0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get started. It's the Friday edition, and I see familiar faces in the studio. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Pound 3636 Center panel is the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, Minister at Trinity St. Paul Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, and of course the former NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park. Hello, Sherry.
1: Hello, John. Such a pleasure.
0: Likewise, John Capobianco, Senior VP, Senior Partner, National Practice Lead for Public Affairs in Fleischman Hilliard's Toronto office. Good to have you here, John. John, good to be here. First Friday of spring. Yes, it spring. is. <laughs> uh, not exactly feeling like it. We're hovering around the freezing mark. And, uh, but it's supposed to get uh, close to double digits come Sunday, so uh, nil desperandum. Michael Giles, he's been in government at all levels for 30 years, and he's on the Oakley Show this afternoon.
2: How's Michael? Free from the Don Valley Parkway <laughs> last, you
0: week, ever, last week. You got <laughs> caught up. Yeah, down. caught. Oh, it was awful. Police shut it down for an investigation, and uh, a lot of folks caught. Both directions, of course, were uh, shut right down. And uh, that's the name of that tune. You know something else that's interesting in this town. I've got to ask you as a first order of business. Uh, it was. Said earlier today, as they're looking at the budget now, you know, uh, city budget got tabled, and they're looking at a serious case of the shorts. (laughs) $100 million less than expected from last year's land transfer tax, uh, which the city has come to rely on to the tune of about $700 million ballpark on an annual basis. And uh, this was implemented, I guess, way back. uh, David Miller brought it in. And Rob Ford said he was going to cancel it, but uh, it's too lucrative, and they can't give it up. And what it is is basically shadowing the provincial land transfer tax. So if you've got a home, and this is fairly uh, common in Toronto, from 400000 up to $2 million, you pay 2% municipally, 2% provincially. Anything over $2 million goes to 2.5% municipally and provincially. And now you've got councillors like Anna Bailau and Joe uh, Cressy talking about another tier of land transfer tax, so that they can help out with uh well, affordable housing. It's uh something part of the city's housing allowance program. Do you think it's warranted, uh people and they're talking maybe heaps above three million or two and a half mil to increase the land transfer tax municipally to aid or assist whatever in the housing program in Toronto, Sherry.
1: Yes, I do. Um, I, I think over 3 million makes some sense. Uh, we've got 9,000 homeless in Toronto. You can't go anywhere these days down in the downtown core without seeing someone who's on the street and suffering. Our uh, you know our shelters are are f- full to overflowing. Uh, people are dying on the streets. Uh, we have to do something now. I should say also though that there's a role here to play provincially and federally. I think both those levels of government need to step up too because the city again can't possibly afford to do and address the housing need on its own. All right. So in, yeah. in
0: effect, you've got what you're saying is a progressive tax uh, that is wealth redistribution by any other name, and it's merited. To- to help assist with housing. John, does that fly for you?
3: It doesn't fly for me. And I think that the, the challenge, of course, that this government's facing, the City of Toronto, but mostly most governments as well, the provinces you're seeing with the feds, is that there's just not enough money uh, and, and they're worrying about how to find the money. And nobody wants to increase taxes, unless you're the Liberals and... You're seeing that going to happen at the federal level. Um, But the challenge is where are they going to find the money? And and you can only cut so much. And I think that governments need to find the spending problem more than anything else before they start looking at how to bring money in through taxpayers because people are... Are fed up now with this particular tax, John. You know the challenge is, of course, is that houses—the average cost of a house in Toronto is in the millions. Uh, You know, so when you're looking at three million-dollar houses, that's almost the norm in in some cases. In some houses, you know, it it sounds a lot to other uh, places, but in Toronto, you you know, the average house is 1.5, 1.6 million in some cases.
0: All right, but the argument, I guess, uh, this would be Sherry's point of view. You know, these folks can well afford it. What's an extra half point or an extra point? So take up the land transfer tax. On these heaps over three million, or two and a half uh, to maybe three or four percent.
2: Well, yeah, and I I actually do agree with this. I think it's a, a smart way of dealing with this issue. I mean, most houses, as, as John pointed out, you know, one one point five million, maybe at the, what's the the upper level, two million. When we're talking about houses over three million dollars you're talking about people who have you know obviously very valuable properties it's not likely that you're talking about generational people who bought a house in the 50s and 60s and you know they're more likely living in houses that could be as much as a million dollars but the whole idea behind this is to take the money out of there get it into a housing allowance system and 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 have the uh, the the, sort of bulk up that housing allowance system and in, in doing that You know, stop people from losing their apartments and their homes, keep people out of the emergency uh, shelter system, which basically is costing, you know, it costs a lot more to do that. And housing allowances are actually the smart way of doing that. Because if people, you know, are 200, $300 short on their rent or whatever it may be, that's the solution. So you're saying this is a legitimate revenue stream,
0: in other words, uh, beyond what they pay in municipal taxes, because these heaps of three million plus
2: do pay. Well, more. I think if you get more, if you earn, you know, to, it was that old thing. It's biblical, I guess. But to whom much, you know, whom a uh, lot is given, much is expected. Oh, mm. well, right. a
3: three million dollar house. You start <laughs> getting into that space, and you're right, Michael. In a sense, that you start getting the three. North of 3 million people, only certain people can afford those houses. Um, but then you get governments who start playing around with mortgages and trying to find out, you know, trying to make sure that people that are first time buyers or beyond that uh, and giving them tax credits and tax breaks on the mortgages. People are going to be mortgaged to the hilt, I think, yeah. over the course. Of, and that's not, that's going to be a, a cycle that's not going to end. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: people forget, too, that poverty costs us all money, that it costs money to keep somebody in a shelter, a, a considerable amount of money to keep somebody in the shelter. This is a very bad use of our dollars it's much better to get people into a stable housing situation it's much cheaper in the long run they stay out of emergency wards as michael said they stay out of the justice system they stay off the streets and and, and they stay out of shelters which are pricey yeah. Well, I mean, you well- look
2: at take in los angeles i mean there was a story in the la times i think it was the la times i believe it was today where there's literally str- uh, streets in in los angeles where there's camper vans Parked by the side of the road because people can't afford to live. So this is the solution. I I drove
1: down that street. It's shocking. It goes on for miles and miles and miles. And it's within a couple of miles of Beverly Hills.
0: Well, they do have 10 cities, San Francisco, California. Mm -hmm. And that is another, uh, There's another aspect to that also because they're generous with their welfare payments and so on and so forth, so they attract a lot of folks. But you said something interesting. It's a bad use of money, Sherry, and we've got to get people into a stable, Uh, which brings me around to is it a good use of money to get people into a stable with horses because the government in Ontario has decided to give $10 million a year in horse racing programs. You know how uh, Dalton McGinney had discontinued the slots and uh, I guess the OLG uh, also uh, took them out of uh, these various places like Woodbine, Fort Erie, and uh, these places have collapsed. Well, Woodbine's still a going concern. Well, now it is too with a casino. But ten million a year to uh, the horse industry—money well spent.
1: Actually, I have to say this is one of the few things that I think is (laughs) is reasonable that Ford has done. Um, This was an industry, remember, that employed lots of people. This is an investment in an industry that was really hurting, that was severely attacked under the last Liberal government. And for those communities where these tracks exist, can be sometimes the only and major employer. So I think this is actually now. Does this justify cuts in other areas? No, absolutely not. Um, But I think there's, you know, there's nothing wrong here with putting some money into an industry where it's desperately needed.
0: I'm hardened to hear that. I was uh, surprised because I thought you'd jump all over it, and uh, then the fight would be on. But, uh, are we going to get a consensus on this one? This is an industry that requires support, and this money is well spent—an investment, if you will, John. I don't often agree with Sherry, so whenever I do, I just want
3: to defer. The angels to Sherry. are singing, <laughs> but no, I think it—I think it's a right—a right move, a right move. Not, notwithstanding the fact that what Sherry said, which was I was going to say the same thing about the, about the employment in the industry. But I also think too from from a casino from a from a um uh, a business perspective, uh, it's a big revenue generating uh, a proposition. So again, I'd rather see that kind of entertainment and folks being being able to spend money and, and 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 revenue and generate revenue for the government versus taxes because people that go there go there by choice and they they're entertained by that. So that's another revenue
0: stream that I think the government needs. Well, and not to mention the fact that, you know, there's such uh, a ripple effect through that whole agricultural mm, yeah. economy. You know, you've got people who put the shoes on the horses and, uh, you know, uh, whatever else, uh, all the leather work and so on. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, seriously, they, yeah. they, no, they, no, they were talking not. about 60,000 yes. people employed by the industry. Yes. And this yeah. is what McGiddy had turned his back on. So is this a good remediation move?
2: Yes, it is. And and this is, you know, in terms of the casino aspect of the horse racing aspect of the actual facilities themselves, I think this is more going, uh, geared towards the actual... Actual rural communities in Ontario, you know the breeders and all that kind of stuff. That's where this money and and, you know ten million dollars. Not that it's insignificant, but in terms of a larger budget, it's not that much, and it does benefit rural communities where there you know are unique challenges there, and you know politically, it's also smart for the for a party that has a large rural, uh rural Well,
0: all support. right, good politics, uh, and everybody wins right across the board. Let's find out if that's the same with uh, a massive increase in immigration to the country. Stats Canada came out with that report earlier today. That's our next topic worthy of discussion with Sherry DeNovo, John Capobianco, and Michael Giles in a moment on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You know that Frank Leo was awarded